sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Sports Grid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Plenty to get to here in our two hours together on a Wednesday on TMA. The NFL postseason starts in just a few days. Six Super Wild Card Weekend playoff matchups across the span of three days. We have two, a doubleheader to begin things on Saturday, a tripleheader on Sunday, and a Monday night football game to look at to cap it all off. Where the lines are now, all of the matchups that we have already seen this year, in fact, half of them twice, and where things have changed now entering the postseason. But we begin around the association. Some reunions and returns last night spoiled frankly and we start in salt lake city donovan mitchell making his return to utah for the first time since being traded to the cleveland cavaliers now the Cavs did host the utah jazz back on december 19th as donovan mitchell met his former team for the first time the cavaliers won that game decisively 122 to 99 but this was donovan mitchell's first return to salt lake city and utah welcomed him back handing the Cavs a loss last night. 116-114 the final in favor of the Utah Jazz, but it was Cleveland, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, so the Jazz win outright as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. A two-point victory for Utah despite Spida's best efforts. A game-high 46 points for Donovan Mitchell last night in Salt Lake City 46 points 7 of 18 from deep 14 of 27 from the field went over his assist prop as well hit a ton of threes as you see there so Donovan Mitchell did the lion's share of the scoring for Cleveland but it was a more balanced effort on the other side for Utah Jordan Clarkson leading the way for the Jazz a team high 32 points marketing 25 points as well he has been sensational this season for the Utah Jazz, who play spoiler to the return to Salt Lake for Donovan Mitchell. Again, the Jazz winning outright as a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home in Salt Lake, 116-114. So the return of Donovan Mitchell to Salt Lake City. Also last night around the association, the return of the chef. Stephen Curry making his first appearance for the Golden State Warriors since December 14th. He had been sidelined for some time with an injury. Returns last night for Golden State as the Dubs at home face the Feast Suns without Devin Booker, of course. He is on the sideline at least for the next few weeks. Without Chris Paul, without DeAndre Ayton, the Dubs are booked as an 11.5, 12-point favorite, and Phoenix goes on the road and picks up a 125-113 victory in San Francisco, making it all that more impressive because Golden State has been sensational at home this year. They were on a five-game win streak. Now they have dropped three straight at home. In Steph's return, he played 31 minutes. He scored 24 points. The 31 minutes was maybe more than we expected for runtime for Stephen Curry last night. He goes over his points prop of 22 in a hook 
because of it, because he had 24 points, but still, it all comes in a 12-point Warrior defeat, even despite the fact Golden State was booked as a 12-point home favorite. His first game for Stephen Curry since December 14th. In that last game, he scored 38 points. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after live on this Wednesday. Sirius XM Channel 159 all across the Sports Grid Network and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So a couple of reunions and some returns last night in the NBA don't go the way of the players entering that return. Donovan Mitchell heads back to Salt Lake for the first time as a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers to face his former team in Utah. The Jazz get a two-point victory booked as a two-and-a-half-point home underdog. Stephen Curry returns for the Golden State Warriors. They're booked as a 12-point favorite as they welcome back the chef and Steph and the Dubs go down 125-113 against the Phoenix Suns. Again, Phoenix last night did not have Chris Paul of course, do not have Devin Booker for some time. No DeAndre Ayton as well. And they still go on the road to get a 12-point victory. Steph's points prop, 22.5 last night. He plays 31 minutes. He scores 24 points, just 5 of 15 from 3. A large volume of shots from beyond the arc last night for Stephen Curry. Did allow him to go over his 3-point made field goal prop of 3.5. He goes over his points prop as well, but albeit in a 12-point defeat for the Golden State Warriors, who entered last night with a 17-4 record at the Chase Center in San Francisco. We know of all the road struggles the Dubs have had all year long. They were on a five-game win streak just last week at home. They have now dropped three consecutive games at home in San Francisco. When you look at the Phoenix Suns, and of course the Golden State Warriors, the reigning Western Conference champs, and of course the NBA champions, it has not been that successful of a start to this season. Golden State now one game below 500. Phoenix did snap a six-game losing skid last night. Phoenix had lost 14 of their last 18 contests entering last night's game in San Francisco against Golden State. They get back to an even 500 record at 21-21, and 21, but it pales in comparison at least on pace right now for the franchise record 64 victories last year in 2021-22 when Phoenix was the top overall seed in the West. And of course, Golden State won the NBA championship. We'll look at the Western Conference odds a little bit later on in this opening hour. But now time to talk playoff football in the NFL up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The NFL postseason starts in just three days. A doubleheader on Saturday, a tripleheader on Sunday, even a Monday night football game in Tampa Bay, Florida. That's why they call it Super Wild Card Weekend for the opening round of the NFL playoffs. Joining us live on this Wednesday morning, on the morning after on Sports Grid, it is the hardest working man in showbiz, especially here on the Spiz Grizz. That would be Joe Ranieri. Here to look at the lines for the NFL postseason, where they have moved, where they might move. And Joe, what looks different this time around? Because all six matchups 
that we have this opening round of the NFL postseason. We've seen at least once this year. Half of them are divisional rivalries that we saw twice Mm -hmm. throughout the regular season. So a ton of familiarity to start off the NFL playoffs. And we thank you for being here to help us handicap it all. Always a pleasure. A great, uh, great um, way to kick off uh, the new year. We're embroiled in in college hoops and conference play. Great games. And, of course, wild card weekend. Nothing uh, like it in the NFL. So uh, I'm excited here, Ben. So, Joe, we start with the first game up of the two that we have in the doubleheader on Saturday. Saturday afternoon in Santa Clara, California, the San Francisco 49ers host their divisional foe from the NFC West in the Seattle Seahawks. Joe, this line opened up. It was double digits in favor of the 49ers. It has moved down just by the hook. Still a large spread, but nine and a half only now in favor of San Francisco. Joe, throughout the regular season, we'll look at large spreads north of a touchdown in any divisional rivalry type of a game and say, whoa, You don't want to be laying more than a touchdown in a divisional game. So, Joe, how do you look at a nine and a half point spread for a divisional matchup, but now in the postseason? So it's um, you've gotten it's hard to believe. I mean, Geno Smith, this is his ninth year, first time in the playoffs. Uh, he's going to be going up against a, uh, a rookie, of all things, with uh, the 49ers. Uh, two games this year, Geno Smith has faced the 49ers. It has not gone uh, terribly uh, well. Couple the fact that, from what we understand, uh, the weather forecast doesn't look great in the Bay Area for this game. So all of a sudden, uh, wind and rain going to come into play, which is, I think is why you have seen uh, more than anything else, this total uh, has kind of uh, started to tick down here because of it. And listen, is there anything these two teams are going to be able to roll out that is going to shock and surprise the other team? The answer is no. Uh, Not even remotely close. And uh, I just don't think it's a wise decision to anticipate that oh geno smith he's going to find lightning in a bottle it's going to be uh oh pete carroll i mean pete carroll is nine and nine against the number in 18 playoff games in his coaching Mm -hmm. career it's not like he's been this dominating coaching force that you know has pulled upset no it's not we've seen what this game is going to look like twice this year um and while it may seem like a big number I think the total dropping is telling us points are going to be hard to come by here for Seattle. Uh, I would only look at laying it, and I would also keep an eye on that weather report because the total uh, might continue to drop here before kickoff. And the Niners enter the playoffs, Joe, as the best scoring defense in the National Football League, allowing less than 17 points per game on average. That over under 42 and a half. Again, we have seen all six of these super wildcard weekend postseason matchups at least once throughout the regular season. Half of them divisional matchups now in the playoffs. This is the only one, Seattle and San Francisco, that the two meetings in the regular season were a season sweep for San Francisco in this case, as you can see there, covering in both of the games against the Seattle Seahawks, both booked as a favorite. And of course, the Niners enter on a 10-game win streak where they covered in seven of their last eight, all booked Mm. as a favorite. The nightcap on Saturday evening, Joe Ranieri, in Duval County, 
Jacksonville, Florida. About to be electric when the Jaguars host the LA Chargers. This line slightly on the move as well. It was nearly a pick'em, one and a half in favor of the Bolts. It is now two and a half in favor of the road team, Los Angeles heading to Jacksonville. We also saw this game way early on in the regular season, week number three. Joe, it's a matchup between two of the brightest young quarterbacks in the National Football League. Trevor Lawrence in his second year making his first postseason appearance. Justin Herbert in his third year making his first postseason appearance. Which quarterback and then ultimately, Joe, team do you think has the edge in this matchup between the Chargers and Jaguars? So it's interesting, uh, some of the numbers here, because you mentioned it. We've got, uh, you know, two quarterbacks, uh, you know, extremely young, both making their first playoff appearance here. And since 2002, quarterbacks making their first NFL playoff start have gone 18 and 36 straight up, 17, 36 and one against the number. And oh, yeah, they were 0 and 3 straight up and against the number last year. Uh, but what was interesting, we had a uh, we had a uh, Derek Carr versus Joe Burrow matchup last year in which they both made their first uh, playoff start against one another. Yeah. Same situation as what we've got going on here. So if we're going to have two quarterbacks kind of in the same boat, I'm going to look at the coaches, Ben, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to ask you, um, which coach yep. do you think is uh, best suited to put their young quarterback in a position to succeed? Um, is it the coach that let his starters play uh, into the fourth quarter oh. a week ago in a game that meant absolutely nothing and which they still couldn't win? Or is it a guy in Doug Peterson who may have, uh, you know, maybe the brightest uh, quarterback, uh, the future quarterback in this yeah. league who has been absolutely lights out since uh, since November? I, it's an easy decision for me. Um, I'm backing Jacksonville here all day, not because I think there's any edge in the quarterback, because I think there is an extreme edge on the sideline there in the coaching staff. Joe, your question was my question, so great minds think alike. I was going to say, which team overall do you trust more? I would have to agree with you. Yes, Doug Peterson leading Jacksonville to the postseason for the first time in his first year, but he has that championship pedigree, unlike Brandon Staley, who played his starters into the fourth quarter, including, of course, then in that opening half, where one of his star-wide receivers... Mike Williams left the game and was carted off the field. Now, reportedly, according to Brandon Staley, Mike Williams is fine. He could have played if oh. they needed to in a must-win football game, yada, yada, yada. But the Chargers' growth and evolution this year throughout the home stretch was when Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were both healthy on the field at the same time for their young quarterback in Justin Herbert. Yes, the coaching edge, certainly with Doug Peterson again another divisional matchup that starts <laughs> off our triple header on Sunday afternoon the Buffalo Bills hosting the Miami Dolphins now the Bills Joe a nine and a half point favorite this was ten and a half just yesterday afternoon a divisional showdown in western New York now in the postseason Joe does this nine and a half point spread in your opinion say more about the wagon that Buffalo is entering the playoffs or more about the Miami Dolphins and maybe some of the QB uncertainty the Finns have entering the postseason? 
I, I, it's a combination of, of both because uh, the Bills uh, looked, um, you know, there were so many questions going into that uh, that Week 18 matchup with New England and Buffalo, and they answered every uh, one of them. This is a team that's showing up here now, Ben, with experience uh, at home in Orchard Park, uh, taking on a team in which... Uh, they lost the first one early in the season in 135 degree temperatures here in South Florida, uh, but they yep. returned the favor there in uh, 14 feet of snow. So um, I do think without Tua, with Tua, with you under center, um, I don't think it matters one way or the other. I think uh, it's great. Congratulations. You made it to the playoffs, but it ends there for Miami this weekend. The Miami Dolphins, as you saw, they're covering in both games against the Buffalo Bills this year, but a split in the season series. But that was with Tua Tungavailoa starting at quarterback. We'll continue to dive through the NFL postseason with Joe Ranieri up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Super Wild Card Weekend. And the National Football League starts in just three days. Two games on a Saturday, a triple header on Sunday, and of course capped off by a Monday night football game to end out the opening round of the NFL playoffs. We have gone through the first three games, the two on Saturday, the opener on Sunday in Buffalo between the Dolphins and the Bills. Now, the second game up of the three we have on Sunday with Joe Ranieri here to explain why the line stands where it does on a morning on the morning after on a Wednesday live right here on SportsGrid. Joe, when you look at the spread for the Vikings and the Giants, it could it should come really as no surprise. It is three points in favor of Minnesota. Joe, in these games, close and competitive is where Minnesota and New York has lived for the far majority of the 2022 NFL regular season. Now, in the playoffs, do you anticipate anticipate another close game again between the Vikings and the Giants? Uh, yeah. Yes, you, you would think uh, that what we got a couple of weeks ago between these two teams is going to be very similar uh, to what we get here. I mean, you're talking about a, a Minnesota Vikings defense that ranked uh, 31st in the NFL this year in yards uh, allowed. Uh, they are not a stout defense. Uh, and we know how well that's going to uh, to play here as the playoffs continue uh, to go down. Uh, Giants well-rested. Saquon and company, uh, you know, they had the week off. I'm giving the coaching edge once again to the Giants here. We know how profitable Danny Dimes has been uh, in his career, especially uh, been as a uh, underdog and on the road. He's been absolutely phenomenal in covering numbers. And if you've noticed, the hook hasn't appeared here. Uh, this line opened up and it hasn't moved an awful lot. And I think there's two reasons to that. Number one, public going to love Minnesota in this one. As a matter of fact, uh, just over 60% of the tickets I'm seeing are on Minnesota, but why is this line not moving? Well, it ain't moving mm. because the liability lies with the Giants uh, as far as the sportsbooks go. Uh, the bigger bets certainly coming in on the Giants. 
And the books are not about to throw the hook out there and let every contrarian big better in the world go, oh, you want to give me an extra half a point? Uh, it wouldn't last long anyway. I do think uh, a lot of people are going to sit on the side and see if it comes down a little bit, bringing uh, some possible uh, Wong teasers into play here, getting them up and over uh, towards eight and a half. So I think what you see here is what you get. Uh, and I don't see a whole lot of difference from what we got in the first game, a one possession yep. game with a lot of scoring. I think that's what we're going to see. And the hook could then prove very decisive, as it did on Christmas Eve, yep. when the Minnesota Vikings used a 61-yard field goal from Greg Joseph, a walk-off winner in Minneapolis, to beat the Giants 27-24. 11 of the last 13 games now, Joe Ranieri, if this line stays below 4.5 points on either side, either booked as the favorite or the underdog, that's where Minnesota has played. 11 of their last 13, mm -hmm. a spread of four and a half or less as either the favorite or the dog. So you mentioned the idea of the big betters coming in with the contrarian approach on New York. Knowing what we saw on Christmas Eve just under a month ago, when you look at that line, Joe Ranieri, and you know where the money is coming in, does that mean there's a chance then for the New York Giants not just to cover as a three-point underdog, but win this game outright and pull off the upset to advance to the divisional round in the NFC playoffs? It's the only way to look at it, Ben. I mean, if you're going to take the three and a half, you uh, you best be uh, you best be going on the money line as well and uh, make it a two prong bet. Uh, anybody that doesn't think the Giants are going to be a live dog in this one, you haven't been paying attention. They uh, nobody has won more one score games uh, than Minnesota this year, but uh, the Giants uh, and their coach uh, Dable and company. Uh, with that uh, rushing attack uh, and that defense and familiarity uh, certainly uh, are going to give themselves an opportunity to win this game late. And and by the way, Ben, it's the playoffs. So, guys, yeah. w what's the difference in playoffs and wild card and moving forward? Who wins the fourth quarter? It's all going to come down to in some of these, uh, you know, games that are lined to field goal. Who can win the fourth quarter? Whoever wins the fourth quarter in all likelihood is winning these games from here right through the Super Bowl. And Joe, when you look at where things stand for the New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings, like you mentioned again, 13 wins for Minnesota this year, 11 of them decided by just a single score. The Vikings defense tied for the third worst scoring defense in the National Football League, giving up more than 25 points per game. The second worst total defense in the NFL, giving up about 388 yards per game. A huge advantage for the New York Giants in that category. All right. The final game that we have, Sunday night football for the triple header mm. of that Sunday slate. It's in Cincinnati. No coin toss needed to decide home field advantage. The Bengals host their divisional foe in the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, we saw this matchup week number 18 just last weekend to end out the regular season. But it wasn't Lamar Jackson. It wasn't Tyler Huntley for Baltimore. It was Anthony Brown. That line was 11 and a half in favor of Cincy. They won by 11. They have split then both of these regular season matchups. But the first one was week number five in Baltimore. The Ravens did not cover. It was a late Justin Tucker field goal for the win. But Lamar Jackson was out there. So it's seven and a half points right now, JR. It was six and a half at open in favor of Cincy. We haven't seen Lamar Jackson play 
in six weeks. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen Lamar Jackson practice in nearly that long as well. So let's look at this line and where the spread movement might go. Let's say Lamar Jackson somehow, some way is ruled in for this playoff matchup against the Bengals. Where do you think that line goes? And then follow-up question, if he is ruled out, will this line continue to tick even more in favor of the Bengals? It will. There's going to be a line drawn in the sand dog here at, uh, at some point. But, you know, we were just talking about this, Ben. Lamar hasn't practiced in over a month, guys. Um, you know, no drills, no nothing. Even And he hasn't practiced this week. So even if he does roll out there, Ben, what Lamar Jackson are you getting? And in what, yeah. you know, is he still going to be limited? We still don't even know if Huntley is uh, going to be 100% and able to go. So there are so many questions about uh, the Ravens' offense. We do know what they're going to get on defense, though, right? I mean, uh, the reason you just gave, uh, you know, Roquan Smith $20 million, uh, yep. you, well, you did it because he is just that good a linebacker and a difference maker. Uh, the difference between them pre-Smith and post-Smith is night and day defensively, especially against the run here. They know each other. They know each other really, really well. Um, if Lamar can go, I'd like to think he would go. But we've seen this now since 2005, Ben. 25 times teams from the same division end up facing each other in the postseason. And you know the percentage of dogs uh, that actually uh, cover in those games? Pretty good. Just about 59%, 14, 10, mm. and 1 dogs uh, are way more profitable than the chalk in these kinds of situations. AFC North feels like it's going to be a one-score game. It, it yeah. felt like Cincinnati was never running away with that game last week and nobody played. Uh, I would expect, uh, you know, the same kind of game here in the AFC North between these two teams. I'd be cautious about laying anything more than a, uh, a touchdown in this game. And that's where the line is right now. It has worked up to seven and a half in favor of Cincinnati. It wasn't just no Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley last week. No Mark Andrews, no J.K. Dobbins mm -hmm. for Baltimore either. As you look at the AFC overall right now, Joe Ranieri, if you were to pick one of the seven playoff teams, including value into your assessment, what is your best bet right now to win the AFC championship? I've, I've been invested in the Bills from preseason, um, and I got no problem uh, sticking with that. I will say this. I think it's going to come down to Bills-Bengals. I do not think uh, this is the year of Kansas City uh, again. I, uh, I think uh, whether it comes down to the Bills in a neutral site game or it comes down to them having to go against Cincinnati, um, I don't think, uh, what is it, uh, four times a charm? How many times have they lost to Burrow in Cincinnati here? Um, yep. I'm not buying it. I, I do think it's going to come down to Buffalo or Cincinnati to represent the AFC in the championship. It's a very good assessment of where things stand right now entering the AFC postseason. All right, Joe, the final of the six that we have in Super Oof. Wild Card Weekend, Monday night in Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers Oof. host the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady and the Bucks. Booked as a now two-and-a-half-point underdog. Joe, there is so much to discuss when it comes to this game, but let's just start with the point spread. Please explain it to me like I'm five. Why are the Dallas Cowboys a two-and-a-half-point road favorite against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers? I, I, man, this game is going to drive me absolutely crazy here because I so bad want to fade Dallas 
and I yep. want to get behind Brady and the Bucks here. But the problem is, um, here is your public dog of the year uh, in the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, for this game. Every public better in the world is going to bet Tom Brady getting points at home, yep. which I think tells you a lot. The fact that we're even having a discussion that Dallas, we're, we're, we don't know if Dallas can beat this version of the Tampa Bay Bucks tells you everything you need to know about Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we saw this game early. We've seen Dallas on grass and outdoors. Yeah, don't trust them. I trust Tampa even less, but I don't trust the Cowboys in this spot at all. And that's the point, Joe. The evaluation, the precedent would say, oh, it's Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, given track record in the postseason. But the versions of these teams right now, this year and all year long, Dallas probably should be favored. Joe Ranieri, catch a nap. We'll see you tonight on In Game Live. Thank you for all of your time here on this Wednesday on TMA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Around the association we go. That's how we opened up the show live on the morning after on this Wednesday morning on SportsGrid. But for more insight, for more expertise around the NBA, we welcome on our guy, our producer here on TMA, John Shames, a basketball mind with the best of them you will see all across the grid. John Shames, as always, thank you for taking the time to join us. Was your Tuesday evening in the NBA profitable? Uh, it was a slightly profitable evening, Benny, for me, although I will say my bets have slowed down considerably. So when I say slightly profitable, I mean slightly. But here's the thing, Ben. As I'm coming on this break, you have me start questioning if I really know the NBA because we're coming in and you're telling me that there's all this drama, all these people dating other people's coaches' daughters. We got Damian Lee dating Steph Curry or married to Steph Curry's sister, and I didn't know yeah. any of it. So – I will try to present my best X's and O's NBA knowledge to you. Hopefully you can fill in some of the off-court drama for me as well during this segment. And that's certainly a part of the handicap, or at least the recap, for Phoenix's upset in Golden State last night in San Francisco that we'll get to in just a little bit. It's always about making freaking money here on SportsGrid and certainly as we go around the association with John Shames. Last night... A reunion in Salt Lake City for Donovan Mitchell. His first game back in Salt Lake against his former team, the Utah Jazz, as a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Jazz spoiled that homecoming. 116-114, Utah winning outright. Shames a guy as a two-and-a-half-point home underdog. Listen, it's a long season in the NBA. It's 82 games. Donovan Mitchell went off for 46 points last night. But when you look at at that game overall did it teach you anything about either utah or cleveland uh taught me that jordan clarkson is that dude just kidding we already knew that ben i will say when you look at this game i feel like it's kind of a feel-good story on both sides of course cleveland gets the win over utah at home earlier this year so donovan mitchell picks up an early one against his former club and then last night, the Spider goes off in Salt Lake City, scoring 46 points and smashing that over on the 29 and a half. And how about seven three-pointers made for Donovan Mitchell? That dude can get hotter than, than, than fish grease, I believe, is the, the phrase we were looking for then. Yeah, I love that. 
So, yeah. you know, w- with the, the game last night, I think it's kind of – it works out because, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he himself plays a, a massive game and really excels individually. But Utah gets that much-coveted win against the Cleveland Cavaliers and maybe some, some solace for the fans there as well. I was a little surprised, Ben, I will say, that Donovan Mitchell was welcomed so warmly to Utah because those fans mm. have been known to be ruthless in the past. But I guess he's done so much for that team and carried them to a decent amount of playoff success. So maybe I shouldn't be too surprised. Top 10 in the scoring is where Spida is right now in the NBA. Seventh in the league, averaging more than 29 points per game. How do you evaluate Donovan Mitchell's first year with the Cavs, Shames? And what does it mean for Cleveland's outlook the rest of this season? I mean, you know, beyond the, the little things like, you know, scoring 70 points on a, in one game and, yeah. you know, stuff like that, Donovan Mitchell is really – he's definitely bringing all the right stuff offensively to this team uh, in Cleveland. And of course, last year the Cavaliers played well, and I think they played better than most people expected them to, but just kind of fell apart towards the end of the year. And in that playing game, they go down to the Atlanta Hawks, blow that fourth-quarter lead, and then all of a sudden the Cleveland Cavaliers do not qualify for the postseason last year. And when you look at that roster, Ben, top to bottom, not a ton of playoff experience in the guys who play major minutes. Of course, you do have veterans like Kevin Love on the team with a ton of his own playoff experience, Ricky Rubio. Donovan Mitchell has 40 playoff games played in his career, 39 to be exact. The other two starters for Cleveland that have some experience, the two forwards from the Nets in Jared Allen, and in Karis LeVert as well on the wing. Those guys have about 10 games each under their belt. So Donovan Mitchell coming in with just about more playoff experience than the rest of the roster combined will be instrumental for any uh, postseason success this team experiences. So Spida's return to Salt Lake. Steph's return to the lineup for Golden State. The Warriors booked as a 12-point home favorite against a Phoenix team without Chris Paul, without Devin Booker, without even DeAndre Ayton. So, yeah, it's going to be great when Steph returns to the Warriors lineup. Nope. Even though the Warriors were at home. (laughs) Nope. They lose by 12 outright against the Phoenix Suns, who win as a big double-digit underdog. Damian Lee who is Steph Curry's brother-in-law because he is married to Stephen's <laughs> sister, Seidel, has a big night for Phoenix last night in lieu of uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton as we share. So right now, the Phoenix Suns, Shamesy, snapping a six-game losing skid in even 500, 21-21. The Warriors have lost their third straight at home. They are now one game below 500. How do you make sense of both of these two teams right now? Yeah, so regarding last night's result, what a wild night from the Phoenix side specifically. This team has failed to score 100 points in their last four games, Ben. And then last night, hang 125 on the Warriors in their own building behind, you know, Mikhail Bridges as your leading scorer, putting up 26. And, of course, the Damian Lee revenge game, we have to give that its due props as well. And he scores over 20, 14 for 14 from the free throw line. Very impressive there. But just one of those wacky nights where the guys, you know, are are playing very hard on the Phoenix side and stepping up. And when you hit a couple of three-pointers, you can really open up a game and you can hang around. And I think that's what we saw last night for Golden State. A little bit worrisome, in my opinion, Ben. You see Steph come back. You see him play basically a full dose of minutes, uh, eclipsing 30 minutes last night, and then shooting 22 shots. Klay Thompson shoots 24 shots. You're getting the right looks for the Warriors team right now. 
But, you know, against the Phoenix Suns team that, that's struggling, they still can't get it done. Uh, I think that's a bit of a red flag at home for the Golden State Warriors right now. You mentioned the 31 minutes for Steph in his first game since December 14th. He scores 24 points going over his points prop last night of 22 in a hook. Obviously, Stephen Curry is a top 10 player in the NBA. Obviously, he has a tremendous impact on the Golden State Warriors. But, James, how do you try to explain the significance of Steph returning to the lineup now for a Dubs team that is one game below 500, but the reigning NBA champs and what it means for Golden State the rest of the way? Yeah, Ben, I think it's kind of going to be the same story that we saw last year. As the season went on, we saw Golden State start to play a little bit better, and we, we saw how Steph Curry allowed them to just hang around and be competitive in every game. And that's what a top 10 or arguably a top 5 player in the NBA presents to you each and every night an opportunity to win, especially to win your home games uh, you know, as well. So I think Steph coming back into this lineup right now, it might be a little bit too late for this Warriors team to uh, you know, chase after a high seed in that Western Conference. But as their outlook for making the play-in tournament, for making the playoffs as one of the lower seeds, when you've got a guy who can play like that, when you've got someone who can shoot you into any game, who can bring you back from a 20-point lead in a quarter by himself, as we saw him do in the NBA Finals, Ben, that is a dangerous squad, uh, you know, any time that you're going to be facing them in any sort of post-game or postseason series, rather. So Steph Curry just adds that element of, of threat, an extra threat to that Golden State Warriors lineup. And you can see right there, James, the guy, how off-pace the Warriors are right now with just a 20-21 and 21 record from their preseason win total. But I think it's a perfect segue from the regular season number in terms of stacking up your wins to the postseason outlook for Golden State because despite the 12-point loss last night, booked as a 12-point home favorite, despite the fact that Stephen Curry has returned to the lineup and they still lose the basketball game, James, the Warriors' odds to win the Western Conference actually get a little bit shorter from where they were at this point yesterday to where they are now. Golden State, despite being one game below 500, remains the favorite in the Western Conference at plus 370. James, make this make sense to me at all if you possibly can. You know, Ben, Joe Frizo and I, the wonderful associate producer for this program, and I were talking a little bit yesterday about bookmaking and where we think some of these lines come from. And really what we determined and what we kind of concluded was that it's just hanging whatever price that day fans are going to jump all over. And, of course, when Stephen Curry returns to the reigning champions from last year, there's going to be people rushing to bet the Warriors. So if I had to guess, you know, why that price has moved up a little bit, I would say it's probably a, a long-term outlook uh, situation right now for Golden State. But, you know, in that regular season, Ben, that number that we showed before 46 and a half, I'm, I'm not confident in Golden State going over that number, especially with only 19 home games remaining here. But like I said before, it is in that small sample size in a postseason series, a seven game series, when you have potentially the best player on the floor, he can win you a couple games for himself or, you know, by himself there for the Golden State Warriors yeah. in Stephen Curry. So I think the discrepancy between the regular season numbers that we're seeing and the postseason number is only explained by Stephen Curry and his return to this Warriors lineup. And those two teams you see behind Golden State, the Nuggets and the Grizzlies, tied for the best record in the Western Conference at this moment. A big game out West in Los Angeles last night. No PG, Paul George, for the Clippers, but Kawhi was out there. 
And Kawhi goes off, and despite Luka Doncic continuing to put up ridiculous numbers, the Clippers get a huge home victory last night, 113-101. L.A. still has the fourth-best number to win the Western Conference at this point. So, Shames, when you look at the Clippers, ending a six-game losing skid, can they build any momentum off of this victory last night, a 12-point win over Dallas? I think it's going to be we're kind of waiting to see what happens with Paul George in these next few games and in these next couple of weeks and see if he can be reintegrated into the lineup at 100%. But last night, Ben, it was the story of the second star for the Clippers. And no, I am not talking about Paul George, who did not play. The difference in this game was Norman Powell, believe it or not, scoring 27 off the bench and giving a boost to that 33 from Kawhi and, of course, helping the Clippers pull out that victory over Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luka scores 41 points on his own there. So I think that's really what you're going to see for the L.A. Clippers moving forward right now is who can be that second star and that second 20-point-per-game bona fide scoring threat each and every night, whether that's Paul George, whether that's Norman Powell, whether that's Marcus Morris or Nicholas Batum. The options are endless for the Clippers, but someone needs to do it consistently, and that's what we're waiting on to see this team transform from you know another threat in that Western Conference to a contender that yeah. we truly believe in and that we back with the same faith that we did heading into the season this year. And that was the difference last night. Dallas gets 43 from Luka. Yeah, he's always going to give you numbers, but their second leading scorer, Tim Hardaway Jr., only posting 16 points. Tonight, a big showdown between the best team in the NBA, the Boston Celtics, and the third best team right now in the Western Conference. It's inside TD Garden, shames a guy. The C's, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against New Orleans. What do you expect out of tonight in Beantown? This does tell me that despite the fact that the Celtics are going into Brooklyn for a tough second leg of a back-to-back tomorrow night, the spread is an indication that I think everyone is going to be suiting up for Boston. You're also seeing points props already available for both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Those are two guys that I'm looking to have a big night tonight, of course. I mean, what night are they not having a big night, Ben? But on the New Orleans side, one guy I'm looking at is actually Jonas Valanciunas to have a big night in the rebounds department. The Celtics can struggle on the defensive glass. We'll see how much Rob Williams plays tonight. I do think the Celtics get it done and cover that nine-and-a-half-point number, but Jonas Valanciunas, a good look for New Orleans. Ten-and-a-half is his rebounds prop tonight against Boston. John Shames, as always, thank you for your expertise. Plenty more NBA drama to fill you in on just later today. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our opening hour together, live right here on a Wednesday on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. It is a Wednesday. The NFL postseason begins in Super Wild Card Weekend on a Saturday. Two games on Saturday, three more on Sunday. And then a Monday night football game that I can personally not 
wait for. It is going to be incredible. It is the most fascinating game to me from a spread perspective because it's evaluation of current teams all year long in the 2022 season versus the track record of one having success in the playoffs, mainly one quarterback, versus a franchise that has greatly struggled in the postseason. That is the entirety of the Cowboys organization. So as we round out this opening hour, we asked you, who's going to win? Not cover. Who's going to win Monday night football's game in Tampa Bay between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys? We find out what you had to say and fade the public. So right now, Dallas is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. But again, it's not covering this number, especially now that it's under three. It's who wins outright, the Cowboys or the Buccaneers? That was the question at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. And Joe Ranieri shared with us earlier, maybe the most public dog ever, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's what the public is saying right now. Nearly 70% of this vote saying the Buccaneers get the outright victory on Monday night. They're a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Tampa is here hosting this playoff game because they won the miserable NFC South division. Tampa Bay finished with a regular season record below 500. When you look at the Buccaneers all year long, they haven't necessarily inspired confidence except maybe their two-minute offense late in the fourth quarter when they have needed late-game heroics from Tom Brady. Dallas has been the better side, but the Cowboys have only won three playoff games in the last two and a half decades. Plenty more to come in hour number two of the morning after up next. 